In a world where heresy blankets the airwaves, religious stuffed shirts suck the life out of Sunday morning, and prosperity teachers rob grandmothers of their pensions, three unassuming ministers endeavor to shine the light of biblical theology and put the fun back in fundamentalism. Broadcasting live from the Hall of Dogma... Brought to you this week by the greatest basketball player to ever play the game and the star Space Jam. Welcome in to episode 23 of the Gospel Friends. I'm David. In honor of Charles Barkley, right? <laughs> wow. Off the bat. That's beautiful. That's the right guy, isn't it? No, uh, I'm just kidding. No. Actually, Michael Jordan, number 23. Yes. There's, but there's another basketball player to wear number 23 who some say is the best currently. Who's that? Is that... It's not uh, Kobe, is it? No, it's LeBron. Oh, LeBron oh. is 23. Does he wear 23? Know that. Yeah. Oh, I'm Chase. I'm Emmanuel. And I'm Nick. All right. And also on mic number five tonight, welcome in Bernard. What's up, nice. Bernard? I'm Who so did not do a good week. job of cleaning up around here this, this week. This place is no. still a dive. There were tapes spilled up there. You cannot trust anything you buy off eBay. You cannot. Especially I'm going to leave a low people. for that buyer. <laughs> so how did you uh, justify that 300 bucks on the church budget? Uh, it's on uh, there. No comment. <laughs> it's on there as a miscellaneous expense. Yes, that is lovely. We do have a certain amount of discretional funds here we can spend on eBay purchases. And invisible people. <laughs> yes. Actually, our entire back row the three on of us Sundays on is Amazon invisible for the record. Oh, my goodness. That's if, lovely. If you, if you buy an invisible person. It's an say, invisible row. Can you say that you redeemed okay. Bernard? You saved yourself, by the way. You can make it you know, holy. and That's good. good. You can yeah. do that. We you, could. You redeemed Bernard. David, you do, do know the seniors sit on the back row here at no, the Hall of Dogma a, Church. Because <laughs> that's very offensive. I meant there's an invisible row. There's an, we're, we're Southern Baptists. Look, Southern Baptist churches turn in numerous invisible members every year to, oh, the, to the convention. <laughs> Well, inflating their membership numbers. They're not invisible. They just died 50 years ago. <laughs> oh, oh, that too. Well, we're hey, off to a rock start. If you'd like to report us to the convention or wherever Any else, convention. Um, you can have, give them our contact info for Twitter. It is at my gospel friends. If you want to join the Hall of Dogma and rebuke us there, you can join facebook.com slash groups slash Hall of Dogma. Um, for your um, local uh, national listeners, 205-575-9735 for voicemail. And for international listeners, we have SpeakPipe, speakpipe.com slash the gospel friends. Yeah, who would get us in trouble, like Southern Baptist-wise? Who is the grand poobah of the Southern Baptist? I don't know. You're the Baptist guy. Well, I know, but Luter. is it uh, Fred Luter? Okay. Yeah. Well, all right, we don't want to cross swords with him. He's a tough guy. I was afraid it was Albert Moeller, but, you know, either one of those guys. We, no, we just because you like Al. Uh, I do. I do like Al. Is like that it. like crossing the streams in Ghostbusters? Maybe. So, by the way, 23 episodes in, first episode we have ever ran four mics. I mean, five. That's true. But not the first episode you're fooling around with your phone 10 seconds into the show. I'm grabbing um, some fancy football <laughs> scores. No. Well, we were We've about, already established, Brady. No, one. Here, we were about to talk about uh, a, a new listener, and oh, yeah. I think you were deeming out a new name this week. I was. So doling. here's the doling. thing. Oh. We, we do want to deeming give, doling. We do want to just give a brief exhortation, and thank you so much. There's several people that responded mm-hmm. this past week, more than one. Before you guys, it was two. wag your little 
tongues there. Uh, several people responded to our call for iTunes reviews. Uh, a positive review on iTunes helps us to, re- uh, you know, see reach more listeners. So if even if you're in England or Australia or the Philippines or in the good old United States, we would appreciate and love you for giving us a review. Also, just like hey, if you if you ever before I get to that, if you <laughs> if you have already reviewed us and maybe you gave us four stars. Could you go back and re-review and give us five? Because, you know, perfection is marred by four stars. Well, I'm just saying. That's really stuck in your craw, hasn't it? That that, that unnamed gentleman from the past gave us four <laughs> stars on the show. And and what did we do? We brought him on well, and made and made him a member of the hall. Well, you know what? That's, uh, that's a bad yeah. precedent we just set there. Well, I'm here. This is a five-star episode. <laughs> there we go. Wow. So just uh, be ready. Awesome. Well, we heard from... Um, we one of the uh, Daniel Ward was one of the uh, iTunes reviewers this week. This was awesome. He said, "Finally, a gospel-centered podcast with Southern charm." Thank you very much. Seriously, though, as a fellow Southern Baptist, it's awesome to hear biblical truth being delivered with a drawl. Must be talking about you two. Mm-hmm. The discussions are real and lively. The guys never come off as fake or canned. Real life, because if we were trying to be fake, we would not do this. No. <laughs> nope. Real life pastors is real life men. The podcast gets me through some mind-melting, soul-sucking valley of darkness government work as a mailman. <laughs> that <laughs> is a great description. And so you, you actually, Chase, have made a decision, correct? To, for, this, uh, uh, for this wonderful review, Daniel Ward, as you are driving through your – uh, your slightly boring job in Texas, in Texas, a state we love, uh, the most uh, most listeners, second most listeners. With uh, everything bigger being there, does that mean everything's more boring? Like if it's something, it's more of that thing. Well, we don't want to make Texas mad. They they listen to the show a lot. Well, no, I'm not saying Texas is boring. Everything is bigger there. So if his job is boring, even it's more. It's more boring because he lives in Texas. That's well, a bummer. Hopefully, you're not under that dynamic, Daniel. But in case you are, here's your gift for the day. We dub the Daniel Special Delivery Ward, as in your new superhero name. Named after a wrestler with superpowers to deliver the mail on time, fight evildoers, and destroy spam with a simple glance. Special Delivery Ward. Thank you for your review. All right, so we have – I've made a list now just because I'm kind of a list guy. So we have at this point, um, aside from us and the general, we have uh, Dr. Septum, the director, Captain Cadaver, the doctor, Caretaker Man, the Scarlet Smoggy, and Special Delivery. Yes, Sp- Scarlet Smoggy being dubbed this week as well. Yes, that was a, a brand-new name yes. given out. Do you guys know where that came from? I don't. This uh, – Residents of Middlesbrough, England, are often known as Smoggies. Oh, did that go to Chris? Yes. Sadat? Uh, yes. Okay. I did not know that. But there you go. And uh, I understand every day. I understand that uh, Chase, you have uh, you've decided to uh, grant some powers to the general. And now, by the power vested in us by the Hall of Dogma, the General I, Emmanuel, we vest in you the power to name other people with superhero names. Use nice. it wisely. No one just got oh, married, no. did they? No. It okay. was better than that. So we've had people in the hall asking for names, and so gen- the general is kind of the unofficial um, hall, monitor? hall monitor. And we say unofficial because if we made him the official one, he might quit. So he's the unofficial hall monitor, and so he, he can you can get your names from him if he so deems it. That's right. Put it on the board. 
What does that mean? He can also That's revoke things podcast. if you start harassing him, so just be warned. And he will. He rules with an iron fist. Right. So what's on tap for today, guys? That's a good question, David. I understand we're going to do an update <laughs> to the whole Mars Hill situation. So, now that sounded fake. <laughs> yeah, it did. So a little inside baseball. We've changed up the show order a little bit. We don't bring topics anymore. So Chase and I kind of looked at each other confused by who's going to do which that. right. of yeah. these. That's fun. Awesome. Mars Hill update. Mars Hill update. As well as David's epic Twitter battle with a <laughs> oh, critic wow. online. I don't know if it was that epic. We're, uh, we're also going to deal with the uh, Max Hedrum question from last week directed toward the general who is here this week to answer said question. And we have a new segment called Hall Monitor. So we'll talk about that in a few minutes. And now it's what? time. No, it's not. To it's go <laughs> to around the world. It's not time. Chase. I wasn't going to say anything about. Quit trying to rush to a manual segment. I'm just looking forward to it. All right. So we have uh, one story this week. I just wanted to get out to you guys. Well, that was uh, good. Okay. <laughs> manual over to the game. <laughs> what were you thinking? Global edition. Um, not really. This is one of my this, favorite this, segments. Well, this comes this week from uh, Britain. Uh, and uh, British pop star Katie Malua. Uh, on October 27th, um, Katie Malua, after hearing a rustling sound in her ear for a week, went to the doctor to have it checked out. When they looked in her ear canal, they found a spider living in her ear. Now, I actually have a real picture of said spider nope, nope, nope. Uh, in her ear canal. No, no. That was what they saw oh, staring back at them as they... Mercy. As they looked in her ear canal. And so uh, we'll try oh. to get those in the show notes. So apparently... No, we won't. Why? That's because gross. That's awful. No. I mean, this is for And that's a video. Listen, Does it here's crawl the, out later? Like, here's what? the deal. For seven days, she had a spider living in her ear. For seven... For a week. Well, I'm going to tell you guys something that you've really actually never heard before. But this story really strikes home with me. Because earlier this year... My ear has started doing that as well, and it's been going on for months. And I just assumed it was some sort of tinnitus or popping or whatever. I never for a second thought I might have a spider in my ear. Thank you, David McConnell. Well, I was trying to bring this in case you've been hearing rustling sounds. Um, so apparently she believes that she used uh, an, old, kind of like rustling. an old in-ear monitor to block out some sound on a flight. Oh, and no. And the spider set up residence for a full seven days. But she assured her fans, other than an occasional shuffling noise, the spider was no hassle at all. Her fans? Was she famous? I might have missed that. Okay, part. at the I beginning so when I said British, by the, at the by beginning the spider part. when I said British pop star Katie Malua. Oh, I don't know who that is. She's a British pop star. Maybe Did you hear she found a spider in her ear, David? Because that story blew me away. So Chase brought his A game tonight. You bet. In fairness, I have excuses. He's got some things going on. Leave For instance, a spider is in my ear right now. If she now. was really smart, she'd uh. She'd record Itsy Bitsy Spider and really try to capitalize off of this. Uh, oh, my God. Put that on her next album. Yeah. That's very good. The Earwax remix. I mean, yeah. what are we doing? <laughs> um, Malua's spokesperson. Either that or start selling uh, uh, earplugs. You could be her manager. Like uh. like Colonel Homer, you could be the general manager. Yeah. There are people out there right now who are sticking oh. their finger in their ear. Oh, Absolutely. Malua's spokesperson told MSN that the singer released the spider in her garden where hopefully there will be more to eat than in her ear canal. That's the kind of world we live in today, by the way. 
You know, everybody would have been happier if I had just taken us to the game just straight out of the bat without hearing that this is last the kind of, This is the kind of world we live in today that if you find a spider living in your ear for seven days, you can't kill it. You have to release it. Yes. This the kind of world Keep we on. live in, David, I've got my finger is on the, the type of world where you download a Christian podcast expecting edifying discussion of the Bible and you get spider in the ear stories. You know what? Why don't we just cue Motorhead and continue on with our Let's Christian do it. Here podcast? Let's go. All right, so this week, the game is actually going to be brought by the general. So, dum, dum, dum. And, and we have uh, we have play cards in front of us and everything. I know this, this is, is awesome. a professional so, uh, game. So, general, go ahead and explain what we're doing here. Uh, we're going to do a basically a Jeopardy style game, Celebrity uh, Jeopardy, because that's funny. <laughs> we're not celebrity yet. Oh dang! Okay, um, but if we become celebrities, uh, the Christians will come after us with pitches. Wow! Pitchforks and, and torches. He's uh, right. And, it's true. And, deme- and, and demand that we show a true and genuine repentance. <laughs> uh, wow! So you just ignited another Twitter war. So hmm. st- standard Jeopardy rules apply. Um, you got five categories: people, places, things, church history, and that's offensive. <laughs> now. <laughs> Look, there are a few Christians who are really uptight. Yeah. Okay, really uptight. This is for fun, guys. <laughs> fun is that thing that you do that makes you laugh and it's enjoyable. See, a lot of Christians are uptight because they don't know what that is anymore. I know. Everything doesn't have to be serious. So it's it's all in fun. Don't get offended. And uh, <laughs> and if you are offended, direct all of your uh, – your, uh, your hate mail toward J. David McConnell. Listen, if, if you're easily offended, at gmail.com. if you're easily offended, we lost you after the last, <laughs> the first episode, probably. If you're easily offended, you you've not been listening uh, at very long at all. Yes. So with that said, we'll let uh, David. You choose the first category and. Uh, well, what to do? What to do? That's offensive for a hundred. David, that was a tough choice. So we got to mark that out right on our sheets. Yeah, so you'll know okay. it's already been. That's picked. offensive for a hundred. Fans of this team often brag about their number of championships. Unfortunately, they can't brag about their number of teeth. Um, Chase. Gosh, this is troubling because I'm going to say Alabama. That is incorrect. This is Jeopardy. Oh, got a, oh, oh, oh. What, uh, who is Alabama? That is correct. Boom. Crud. <laughs> David, choose Who are Alabama fans, but go ahead. Yeah. Uh, well, we're just going to keep rolling. With, I forgot uh, how to play Jeopardy. That's okay. offensive for 200. 200. And I'm offended as an Alabama fan. Well, it was offensive. Something tells he me we're going to keep on being offended. People love to buy outdated mobile technology from this company. What is Apple Computer? Apple is correct <laughs> for 200 <laughs> points. That was hurtful. <laughs> and you choose the next category. By the way, y'all gave, y'all gave me a marker that doesn't work. Simon and Garfunkel for 100. Oh, wait, no, that's Sean Connery. I am, because I'm afraid this is going to go worse for me since I'm an Alabama and an Apple fanboy. Uh, Let's go with uh, People for 100. People for 100. This Old Testament prophet would agree with the R&B singer Chris Brown. These hoes ain't loyal. (laughs) 
Hosea. Hosea is correct, safe oh on the board God. with 100 points. <laughs> okay. I didn't know whether I should answer that or not. <laughs> oh. Select your category. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> What's so funny well, is hey, the guilt well, written across like Jesus' face. <laughs> was that people? Okay, I'm going to. I would Mark's just. I would like to point out before we go any further that it was you, listeners, who asked for the general to be on more. <laughs> yeah, blame the listeners, Dave. That's Direct your plan. response to the general at he doesn't care anyway dot com. Okay, that was people for one hundred. I marked that out just like uh, the FCC will mark out our show. So I'm going to go with uh, places for one hundred. Places for one hundred. Jesus was baptized. Jesus was baptized in this body of water, which wasn't named for a basketball star. Chase. The Jordan River. Jordan River is correct. I'm going to go with uh, that's offensive for 300. That's offensive for 300. Really? A short rev verbiage sermon clocks in at what is two hours? What is 38 minutes? That is incorrect. Ah, that was my last sermon. What is 35 minutes? That is also incorrect. Oh, what is an hour? That is also incorrect. The correct answer is 45 minutes. Okay. And uh, Chase, you still have control of the board. Excellent. I'm going to well, go with that's offensive for 400. That's offensive for 400. At the Hall of Dogma Church, this kind of control is frowned upon. <laughs> hmm. What it, is female? <laughs> that is incorrect. You're not supposed to be the one to offend. Uh, <laughs> what just happened? I don't know. This is this is frightening. Uh, <clears throat> and let's hope your wife doesn't listen to the podcast. David. What is time you control? Off with my time, wife. <laughs> time control is also incorrect. I don't know. I'm scared. I don't have a guess. The correct answer is birth control. <laughs> <laughs> and my answer was offensive. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Okay. Uh, just oh for context, the Hall of Dogma Church has an inordinate amount of children. large families. There are thirteen children amongst the three regulars. On that the is church. that is correct. Well, we not don't just take, among us. We don't take I mean, too much offense to that. We have like wives and stuff. Well, yeah, we didn't. <laughs> Thank you for having to clarify that. them. Okay. And okay, that goes back to me. Then. Who's picking? Pick. Uh, that's me. That's offensive for five hundred. Oh, Alex, the chief characteristic shared by adherents of. Reformed theology, mm. the chief characteristic shared by adherence to Reformed theology. Buzz. Arrogance. Arrogance is correct. Yes. Uh, in he your did, face. He did not phrase that in the form of a question. What is arrogance? I'll give it to him. Uh, I'll give it to him. Hey, he's so was, arrogant he knew he was right to begin with. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so. My, uh, I'm, I'm losing Chase back. is in the lead with 700. David has 100 and Nick has 200. I'm going to go with uh, people for 200. People for 200. Stabbed in the gut, and you're to blame. You gave kings a bad name. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh, oh. oh. Now you uh, David, uh, what is it? Who is Ehud? Ehud. That is incorrect. <sighs> who is Eglon? Eglon is ah, correct. Boom. I knew it was an E name. It was an E name. He stabbed the fat guy. Um, okay. Uh, people for 300. He accused men of plowing with his heifer. Oh, oh, shoot. Um, um, anybody can jump Can in? we go back to making fun of Alabama and Apple? 
Oh my gosh, I'm just he totally accused, drawing a he blank. Accused, he accused men of plowing with his heifer. Oh, oh. Uh, who is um, Samson? Samson is correct. Nice. All right. I just want to. I want to go. I want to mark this. I called myself. Just for future <laughs> reference. Samson's not a bad word. No, I was just going to say something, and I decided not to. That's a good play. You know. We're we're in as much hot water as we possibly could be at this point, so we need to call ourselves pretty good. In fact, after the game, we're going to have to be pretty saintly for the rest of the show, guys. That's not going to be. Oh yeah, with our topics, we're we're guaranteed trouble. Yeah. Okay. That, that's in the Bible. I, I can't, you know. <laughs> I'll go people 400. People 400. Oh, yes, please. He killed a lion in a pit on a snowy day. Chase. Oh, oh no, I was not raising my hands. Oh, remember. Um, but, but uh, you know, you can count me out for that. I, I, who is Daniel? Daniel is not correct. Um, Who's in the pit with the lion? Well, Daniel was in the pit with lions, but he didn't kill them. Oh, that's right. And it wasn't snowing. I was. I thought the snow was just in. This um, was. This was a, a tough one. It's four hundred points. Four hundred points on the line. You don't know the arrogant Calvin Who thing. Who is Othniel? That is not correct. Dang. The correct answer is it's one of David's Benaya. mighty men. Benaya. Benaya. Nice. He was, okay. he was a judge. I, Nobody I, gets points for that. All right. But arrogant Calvinist is five hundred points, and that really. <laughs> that I was a tough one. I, that's a one hundred point question. I thought you would know it. I, I, we should have yeah. known it. I knew it. Yep, we should have known it. All right, yeah. people. Okay, how many master's degrees do you have? Two, but that's okay. not the point. <laughs> people for 500. People for 500. It wasn't the 60s, but these guys were stoned. Name three guys who were killed by stones. Oh, my goodness. That is a great question. All right, who is Goliath? Goliath. Who oh, is clever. Who is Stephen? That's two. And who is... <laughs> who is Goliath? Who is Stephen? Who is Aiken? That is correct. Ah. Boom. Thank you, David. I also would have accepted uh, Abimelech, who was killed with a millstone, and there was Naboth and another guy named Adoram, who were also uh, killed with Adoram. Okay, well, that's 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 pretty I obscure. I looked that one up. I didn't know that one, but I will take the Aiken that's breaking God's heart for one hundred. I mean, thanks for one hundred. Things for 100. Really? That's a song. That's a real song. That is. Not Are you the Aiken that's breaking God's heart? Look Actually, it up. Yeah. Actually, I don't think I will. <laughs> you should. It's beautiful. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I don't have a things category. Oh, let's scratch it. I scratched it out. Church it, history for 100. would have made the game too long. Church history 100. Martin Luther nailed his 95 theses to the castle church door in this city. Where's Dort? That is not correct. Dang it. Nuremberg? Where is Nuremberg? That is not correct. Oh. I thought, Where is Edinburgh? That is no, also incorrect. Uh, the correct answer is Wittenberg. Wittenberg. Uh, Calvin is everywhere. Nuremberg. That's where the uh, we just made, trials were. We just made uh, the caretaker man very sad. We just made everybody very mad with that one. All yes. the reform guys. I do. Uh, oh, yeah, we didn't make them mad on the 500 uh, one at Chase, all. you still have the board? Church history, 200. Church history for 200. Out of the five solas, this one was the formal basis for the Reformation. Now, uh, what is sola scripture? Sola scripture is correct. Nice. 200 points. And you have control of the board. Oh, uh, 
That means it's not time Church to text. Church history 300. Church history for 300. The filioque controversy, which split the church between the Roman Catholic and the Eastern Orthodox, filioque. had to do with this member of the Trinity. David. Who is the son. That is incorrect. I had a one three Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit is correct. They oppose, Good job, AG really? man. <laughs> they opposed the part in the creed where it said that the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. And that's what filioque means in, uh, in Latin, and the Son. Well done, Nicholas. Look, I didn't think they'd Nick- have that much trouble over the Father. I would like a filioque right I'm now. I'm going to go with... <laughs> Wow. Places for 200, please. Places for 200. This little town's name literally means house of bread. Whereas Bethlehem. Bethlehem is correct for 200 points in chasing. You've got You're such a geek. Nerd. It's a Christmas one. Everybody knows that. Nerd. Hey, can Places. I borrow a pocket protector? <laughs> you guys are making fun now. I see how it's going to go. Yes, All right. we're losing. So, yes, it turns into mockery. I'll take places for 300. Places for 300. Jacob wrestled with God at this place, which shares its name with 10,000 Baptist churches. <laughs> Hope well. David. What is First Baptist? <laughs> that, is nice. inc- that is incorrect. Dang it. I'm, I'm thinking. We really need the music now, though. Hold on. Jacob wrestled with God at this place. We shares this name with 10,000 Baptist churches, at least. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank again. I'm out. I'm, I cannot think. The correct answer is Bethel. Bethel. That's Bethel great. Bethel is what Good we're for. Bethel. And uh, right after Bethlehem, we couldn't get that. Yeah, that's sad. Chase, you I'm still, embarrassed again. You still have the board? Chase? Places for 500. Places for 500. This is 400. the. You don't have to do them in order. This is the daily double. I was hoping he'd leave. Do, 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 do. <laughs> hey. Sorry, that was bad. Hey, we need to uh, work on money sound for effects. sound effects. Yeah. Well, I'm, I, hopefully we'll win a lot out of this game because this is real dollars, right? Yeah. Now, do, when they do the daily, daily double, do they wager or is that just final jeopardy they wager? Well, wait, it's, right, just final, it's just final jeopardy okay. they wager, I think. Another name for Mount Sinai. Another name for Mount Sinai. Hmm. Hmm. Are you Googling? No. Can we Google? No, no. you cannot Google. Uh, I was looking for more Jeopardy sound effects is what it was. See, there's a timer right here. What is Mount Horeb? Horeb is correct. All right. Geek. Thank you. All right, let's go to places for 400 to finish out the category. Places for Geek. 400. The ancient city of Corinth was located in this country or what Southerners call cooking oil. What is? Oh. Go ahead. You're, you had your hand up first. Okay. David? I just started talking. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, where is Greece? Greece is correct. <laughs> nice. Nick, you I was going to say what is canola, and I didn't think that was right. So <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I just handed it over to you. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> church history for 400, please. Church history for four. John Knox was a reformer in what country? This is the Daily Double, by the way. I didn't. John Knox was a reformer in what country? Uh, go ahead. Where is Scotland? Scotland is correct. John Dang Knox, it. the thundering Scot. So We've talked about him before. Do you know I was awesome. actually going to guess that. Why are you hesitating? Do you know all these answers and you're just trying to no, not seem like two. a nerd? 
No, I'm not. I just don't want to be picked on after the show. Dude, your head's oh, not going to fit out this door <laughs> as we leave. Scotland is correct, and you got the control of the board. Uh, don't we have just one left? Church history for 500? Church so. history for 500. Yeah, I think that's Five. it. Hypostatic union was a term used to describe the relationship of Jesus's to what? Hypostatic union. Hypostatic union was a term used to describe. What are natures? The natures, God natures is the correct. Dang. Well done. Uh-huh. I think I just got run over let's, by the Jeopardy bus. Let's tally this up. Let's see. Did I get anything? 16. Sure you, you did. did. 19, Look, he's having to use a calculator on Chase's categories. Chase has 2,800 points. David, you came in with 300 points. can't believe they let you teach here. <laughs> You're the teaching pastor. And Nick, you had let's see, nine, twelve, fourteen hundred points. Boom! Wow. Well, that was uh, quite a uh, a quite a fun game. Sounds like Agave is going to have a new uh, co-teaching pastor with Chase. <laughs> Welcome aboard. Yeah. Well, fortunately, it's not all about. That is awesome. It's Good not job, all about guys. trivia. Good, Good game, Emmanuel. Thank you. Holy cow! Well, you posted some breaking news, Nick. Um, Brittany Maynard has ended her yeah, life. Yeah. I was. Wow. I was hoping we. I thought she had decided to. Uh, I thought so. Really not. She was not. So Brittany Maynard is the um, is the uh, young lady, twenty nine years old from Portland, Oregon, who was after being diagnosed with uh, with uh, brain, brain cancer, cancer, actually moved from California to Oregon uh, so that she would have the right to end her own life. Um, I believe got the medication she needed to do that and chose a uh, death date. Um, well, then she pushed it back. Yeah. Well, she said she was going to, yeah, the last I read, she said she, she might actually postpone it because um, things were not quite uh, that bad yet. And uh, But apparently she did decide to go ahead with uh, the date, which was, um, seems like she ended her life on Saturday. Yeah. So, that's so, uh, that's so extremely, sad. extremely sad. Um, we, in, in fairness, we had talked a couple times about discussing this on the show. It just, yeah. we just did not know how to approach it with it being. The situation still being up in the air, and so we uh, probably won't do it tonight either. But yeah, just maybe good for next week. Maybe a good discussion for the Hall of Dogma. I, you know, I've got some. I, I can, in a sense, and I'm probably going to get cooked for this a little bit. I can see a little bit of both sides of the euthanasia mm-hmm. issue. Uh, this is not one that I fall down really, really, really hard uh, against what she did. Although I think ultimately there is a better way. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I've actually instructed my wife that, like, don't let me linger around. Like, kill me. Like, I don't want to, like, seriously, I I know people, there's Christians who say that your life is not your own, and so you shouldn't be able to take it. I don't know that we can say that from the Bible. I mean, I, I know everything belongs to God in a sense, but, you know, I don't know. I I don't come down on people who want to do it, put it that way. If you've seen somebody pass from cancer uh, or or some of these terrible terminal illnesses, you've seen – it's devastating. Mm -hmm. And so I think we have to be real careful to speak into this issue without compassion. Um, And look, again, I think – I really appreciated what John Piper had to say about it this week. I think his way is the noblest, the the most honorable way. But but at the same time, this is not something I just look at and say, oh, Jesus, it's just so silly. I don't get what she's doing. Um, 
I understand. That doesn't mean I necessarily agree with it, but I, I understand. I think I think for me, it's just all you know, listening to her and reading what she's written and things that she said. I, I, you know, for me, it's the sadness that she appears to have missed um, her creator, and she appears to have missed mm-hmm. um, yeah. what he did in mm-hmm. sending yes. uh, his son, and That's even good. even her ending uh, letter. Um, the world is a beautiful teacher. Travel has been my greatest teacher. My close friends and folks are the greatest givers. Um, goodbye, world. Spread good energy. And she talked about how she loved nature and she loved traveling and she loved the beauty. And, and the Bible talks about that all of those things point to a creator and point to God. And, you know, all of the discussion about um, right to end life or... or um, not and and those things. It's just to me that she missed um, that she missed the most important uh, aspect of life is what is the saddest now. That is sad. There there is a more beautiful place than the world. There is a greater teacher than travel, uh, and there are greater givers than uh, friends and family. Amen. Amen. Look to Jesus. Uh, even those who are suffering deeply, look to Jesus. Amen. All right, topic one tonight, guys. Uh, so we have the uh, Max Headroom question from last week. We're not going to replay that um, uh, that particular voicemail, but uh, essentially Max Headroom called in last week and said that there was a church near where he lived that seemed to attract adulterous people. And he said, what responsibility does a church or pastor have when they attract people in adulterous relationships, and as a second part of that question, what responsibility does a pastor have when some of those who have left their wives are now in church leadership? Um, so a situation where a church seemingly is, is attracting uh, couples who are in adulterous relationships, and, and apparently some of those people, um, as he is writing the question, um, who have left their wives but now find themselves in church leadership. Uh, what are the responsibilities for the church and the pastors uh, there? He addressed this to Emmanuel, and so we're going to give the general first shot. This is a, this is a tough question. First, uh, let's all rejoice that a church is attracting sinners. I think that's... <laughs> I thought that was good. Yeah, was good. yeah they're, they're attracting sinners. That's always a good thing. Um, we definitely want to do that. And it's hard to say what the responsibility of a church or a pastor is. Uh, and, and I guess the way I look at it, it's either a leadership problem or a culture problem. Now, obviously, it depends on the size of the church. Um, but if it's a leadership problem, uh, I don't think the pastor can necessarily be held accountable for who the a church attracts um, unless his own sin is kind of fostering a sinful environment mm. or – um, or the pastor is fostering a sinful environment by by negligence, by not preaching the gospel, uh, not calling for a response of faith and repentance, and not just a one-time uh, call for faith and repentance, but a continuous uh, faith and a continual repentance of, of, of members of the church. Um, so if you had a, a, a pastor who was not... Um, not doing that, not preaching the gospel, not showing what is required of people who uh, who um, uh, claim to follow Christ, then that's a problem. But I don't know if you can say that, that they're responsible for for uh, attracting 
those people. Um, in a large church, you're just going to attract a whole bunch of people because people like a crowd. So mm-hmm. people see a crowd. They want to get lost in it. They want to get. They want to. Some people want to get lost in it. Some people want to say, "Well, okay, there's a lot of people coming here. Um, let me see what all the fuss is about." Um, in a smaller church, it it may be a culture of, uh, you know, uh, a culture of of uh, sexual immorality, kind of like the church in Corinth that, that Paul addresses. Um, so it could be a leadership problem. It could be a cultural problem. Um, as far as men who left their wives in leadership, I guess it depends on do they divorce their wives in a biblical manner or they, do they just leave their wife or are they estranged? I guess you kind of have to know more about the situation of what, what it means to leave your wife. Now, obviously, if they've got an unbiblical divorce, that's a problem. Um, if the if the church knows and the pastor knows about it, but uh, you know it's it, it's I'd have to know more about that issue, but it 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 could go either way. Um, I think that you know my my assumption is probably we're at least talking about um, probably larger churches, although I, I assume this could happen in a smaller church. But you know I I tend to think probably larger churches because of what you're saying and people. To me, people I've seen it all. I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot around here where we are. People um, leave a church. Um, maybe they've done something. They've gotten they've gotten into some sin or something ha- has happened in their life. They they've become disenchanted with a local church and they they literally go to a larger mega church. I'm not against mega churches, but they will go there to hide to get lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to go somewhere, but I don't really want to be seen. I want to go somewhere. I don't really want to have to plug in. Um, and so I actually had somebody tell us one time that they were leaving because their husband, who didn't come here, um, but they were leaving because their husband wanted them to go to a church where they didn't get asked to do stuff all the time, like surf. But, uh, it, you know, so um, – and, you know, look, that usually to me – I've never really seen that go well if you're going for that reason. I'm not saying there's not time maybe to go for a season um, to just kind of rest, but – um, even that couple I'm talking about ended up divorced um, a little a little down the road. Um, they were just kind of running from the the bigger problem. But uh, I, I do think you want to attract uh, I, you you don't want to get up in arms about sinners, quote unquote sinners coming in. Of course, we're all sinners, but I mean, in other words, you I, I don't think you want to. You, that's certainly not something you want to stop. Oh, we're, we've got sinners coming to our church. I mean, that's something you want. But I, I do think if you have maybe people of the same sin over and over and over again filtering into your congregation, there's probably, as a pastor, need to take a step back and say, okay, look, is there something we're doing here that is attracting this? Is there a, is there a reason that it seems like we're having an unusually amount, unusual amount of people who are caught up in adulterous affairs mm-hmm. who seem to be comfortable coming here? Well, here's the thing. I don't think they should be worried about attracting those type of people because the church needs to be a place where lost people, sinners, etc., all feel welcome and unalone. Mm 
In other words, if a if a homosexual or or a a, a drug act, drug addict or whatever, or or a a heterosexual person addicted to pornography, something along those lines, if that person comes into a, a, a gospel fellowship and feels like they're the chief of sinners and everybody else isn't, mm-hmm. that's not the that's not right. The fact of the matter is, we're all sinners. We're all short of the glory of God, and anybody who acts like they're a step above anybody else, no matter what, is missing it. But so so attract sinners, yes. But it, to have a leadership that maintains an atmosphere where people aren't in an anointed biblical way called to repentance mm-hmm. of that kind of lifestyle, that's where the danger comes. You you should come into you should be in a, a gospel fellowship and feel loved and feel welcomed, but feel called to turn away from your sin and turn to Jesus and walk in His teachings and holiness. The thing about his voicemail that that it's the question mark for me is the the people in leadership um, and and again I based on the verbiage here based on my own personal experience um, I'm assuming a little bit a church of significant size not your normal couple hundred people I'm I'm thinking this is probably an easy to get lost in the crowd church um, and so there's a lot of there's a lot of potential leadership you could be talking about there are you talking about a guy who teaches sunday school class are you talking about a, a, a deacon are you talking about a pastor on staff you're talking about the, the pastor um and so when, when you say church leadership it, it just i get nervous that it could be we 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 paint with too broad of strokes okay. um i i really i actually really like what emmanuel said about the you know what's what's the status of this guy's life i mean is this is this he's not divorced and he's shacking up with new lady and they're teaching a Sunday school class? Well, yeah, obviously let's let's flag on the play there and, and let's do some things different. Um, but if this is a person that's that's separated, um, you know, I know people have different ideas on biblically or not, but are they separated from their wife, divorced? Um, you know, in their new relationship, are they seeking to honor God sexually? Those kinds of things, and they're just trying to get plugged back in and reinvolved, or is this? The the opposite of that, and, and so there's a lot of things contextually here. Um, I like what Chase said. I think David mentioned the, the culture that the church um, kind of puts forth. But again, I, I I get nervous, especially when we paint too broad of strokes, and it's it's too large of a congregation. Because um, I am thinking of a, a local church um, that you know they are very. Um, they're they're multi-campus, multi-site, and they do a lot in the way of small groups. And basically, the pastor has acknowledged that he he can't shepherd all the people, and so he tries to enable multi-site um, with campus pastors and small groups. And and so, me personally, I can't look at that guy and go. You're doing it wrong because you falter a culture of people who can sleep around. Now, the content of the messages, that's a whole that's a whole different question and, and you've gotta I would say listen to that guy before you try to put him on a pitchfork. You know, the the thing that um to me number one, and this is um this may be where I uh, some people may disagree. Number one, I I am probably a little bit more um I don't know if the word strict. Uh, when it comes to the divorce issue, um, only because sometimes I think we say, well, are they divorced for a biblical reason? And we'll, we'll ask the question, did their wife, for example, did their wife run around on them? But I'm always going to go back and say, okay, the wife, I hate that did the wife run around on them? Or, or, but before they did that, was the husband 
engaged. Yeah. Was the husband? Why did the wife cheat? Did the did the husband? I, I think it's easy at that point to kind of just throw it all off and say, "Oh, well, she cheated. He's free to do whatever." Well, was he was he being biblical as a husband prior to that? Now, uh, again, maybe some disagreement there. Second, though, it, it becomes a question of, you know, in a church, how quickly do you put someone in leadership? Uh, when they enter into your church, That's especially especially in <laughs> especially in smaller churches where maybe you have a lot of great needs and someone comes in and it seems like oh this is a great person they could serve us here and you immediately put them in some type of leadership role but do you in my opinion do you go back and say oh, well where have you been why did you leave why wh- wh- how did you end up here and and I for one I for one as a pastor who believes in church discipline. I believe if, if, for example, there was someone in our church or our congregation who was willfully sinning, um, perhaps cheating on a spouse or something like that, and we had tried all of the biblical steps to bring them to repentance, and they had refused that repentance, and rather than submit to any kind of church discipline, which I do believe in, they decided to leave and go somewhere else, I'm going to make a phone call to wherever they're going, to that pastor where they're going, to let them know what's happening. And there may be people who disagree with that, but I just think you would snitch on I would snitch. Wow. Yeah. Because <laughs> because you are you are to me, again, you can't force them into church discipline, but I don't think especially here in the south where there's just oh, I don't like what they're doing there. I don't I don't want to be held to the gospel, so I'll just go to a different church where they don't know what I did, and maybe I'll get put into leadership, and I can just keep on serving. I don't think that is honoring to Scripture or to to God. I don't either. I, I say that there's a great balance that has to be had there uh, between two things. One, you cannot roll somebody out into leadership too early without uh, maybe not only getting a report from where they used to come from, but relationally knowing them, uh, for one. And But on the other hand, I, I think you can also be overly cautious. You can also just have uh, you know the, a good old boy kind of group that has all the plum positions in the church, all the best places of service, to the point where 95% of the people are just sitting and watching, and only 5% of the people are playing ball. That's dangerous. And it's dangerous to put untested people into leadership. And just the fact of the matter is, we leaders in the church have to do a better job of balancing that. And there's also the question is, does the church know about this? I mean, we're assuming that this is kind of a wide, you know, wide known fact, but maybe the church put him in leader, put the person in leadership without knowing that he was mm-hmm. uh, uh, leaving his wife or, you know, um, they might have not even known. Um, so, you know, so that we just don't know the, the situation. Um, but also, you know, if a church does practice discipline, you have to look at the fact of you can only discipline members. I, I would assume now some, you know, yeah, yeah. And we don't know if these people are members or not. Obviously, the person in leadership is. Um, but well, assuming, it, it I gets, mean, you know, some dicey, churches don't. Especially if you believe the, the stats that that Christian uh, sexual sin is, is is running rampant between uh, pornography and uh, fornication and, and the like. And you're going to have to decide. If you are going to be the sex police, now I'm not saying that you just let sin slide, but if it if it's a smaller congregation, it's fairly simple to do. If it's a larger congregation, and then you're going to get to the point where you're just like 
sending black shirts to you know brown shirts to people's houses and and saying hey we heard a rumor that you and your boyfriend were uh you know engaged in heavy petting uh we need to we need you to meet with the elders and it's 1988 all over again you know Oh, my um, goodness. Wow, I, it feels I like I'm in youth group that. again. This is delightful. Uh, Emmanuel, I think you're absolutely right. That, 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 that We don't need church police. We don't need the kind of authoritative leadership structure that tries to stick its nose into everybody's business and find out who's doing what sin. That is a great danger, and it leads to leadership abuse, which I think is a real issue in the church. Mm-hmm. What we need – What we need in the body of Christ is Colossians 3.16, which says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. This This is not to elders. This is not to pastors or deacons. This is to all followers of Jesus. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with the thankfulness in your heart. We're called to teach each other and admonish each other. And a healthy body of Christ with believers that are walking in the Word are going to be close enough with each other to do the Hebrews 3 thing, daily exhort each other, and to teach and admonish each other. And that's what we need. We don't need... You know, as you said, the brute squad coming around to people's house, finding out what sin they're doing. We need relationships that are tight enough that I can say in love to to David, "Hey, man, you, you, what's what's up with this?" None well, of us listens to critics, but we listen to friends. And and I think I think you know to to some degree. All right, First Timothy five twenty four says the sins of some are obvious, reaching the place of judgment ahead of them. The sin of others trail behind them. Um, and the New Living Translation says there are others whose sins will not be revealed until later. So the Bible seems to say some sin comes out and judgment. There's a, there's a form of judgment uh, now. Others sins to won't be you won't know till later. And I think when you look at sexual sin, for example, in Corinth, Paul seemed to say you all know this is happening. Like this is happening, and all of you know this is happening, yeah. and so that's where I think that's the maybe we're not sending like you guys said we're not sending the police the 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 church police to the door you know making a new job for the for the uh, deacon visitation ministry on uh, maybe that's what that ministry was all about back in the day was uh, <laughs> hey when you guys get in there y'all kind of look around see if you see anything suspicious <laughs> yeah, no, I hope uh, not. Uh, but I mean yeah. you know it, it's is, that, is that a Seagram's wine cooler there uh, <laughs> hey I'm just going to be going through your trash can but uh, and, right, yeah. where, where y'all been is, uh, that, is that Prince I hear in the background <laughs> oh my but you know what's going on here but sin that has become known in some way and is known among the church it appears the Bible is saying that sin needs to be dealt with exactly and I would also say that a lot of this can be kind of curtailed on the front end if if in your new members process you have some kind of uh, um, new member uh, e- either a class or just something to say this is what we expect for new members yeah. and if and if you don't abide by this um, you, you, you would agree That's that we thought. would discipline you um, and this is what we expect from you but also also on the front end is just preaching correctly, like yeah. If 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 a, if a church is not preaching the whole counsel of God, um, the members might not know uh, that adultery is wrong in the sense of now everybody knows adultery is wrong. Everybody knows that certain things are are, are are sins in a cultural sense. Yeah. But there's a lot of debate a lot of times about what the Bible really says about sexual sins, and if you're not preaching from First uh, Corinthians six. 
or if you're not preaching uh, those type of passages um, that deal with sexual sin, um, Romans 1, um, you haven't really truly set the standard. Um, you can't assume that they know uh, what's what's what Christ discipleship mm-hmm. being extremely important there. Exactly. So, uh, all right, guys. Well, I think um, with no last words on that, good discussion. We're going to move on. Um, topic two. We have a uh, Mars Hill update. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have spent a lot of time um, on a few episodes talking about um, the Mark Driscoll and Mars Hill situation, and I don't think we're going to go back over all of our opinions on that. Um, you know, from the from scratch, but you can go back several shows that we, beginning with the uh, episode titled something about an integer and Driscoll, uh, I think was the first one. Um, but you can go back and kind of hear our thoughts. But it came out this week that uh, uh, Mars Hill Church um, has made the decision, the elders have made the decision to um, essentially disband from a centralized multi-site model. So the the way that Mars Hill um, the way it's set up now with Driscoll would preach from a main central location, and then there were campuses, individual churches in, in throughout Seattle and, and actually stretching out, I think, some to other states um, that had campus pastors but would pump in the uh, video of Driscoll teaching. My understanding is they've made the decision to close down the, the central location, uh, I believe layoff employees there, um, the... Uh, site churches will have the opportunity to either um, their local elders over each one of those site churches can choose to disband and shepherd their people to another location, join with or merge with another location, or to continue on as an individual church where they buy the property from Mars Hill and and just began existing or a, as an independent. Uh, independent church, um, so that that's the plan. I think maybe we could comment a little bit on that. Uh, but there, guys, well, you did say that, that by the property, uh, d- according to the d- uh, dissolving plan, all of Mars Hill's existing church properties will either be sold, or the loans and the individual properties will be assumed by the independent churches should they choose to. So they don't necessarily church. have to buy it. It's just that they're, yeah, they're assuming over the, the, they take responsibility. I don't responsibility think for anybody's getting rich here because I mean that that might be your first thought. You know, if you have to buy the property, we'll, no. that, that, that was actually a thought. Yeah. I'm like, wait, what now? I don't know how they're going to do their staff compensation. It did say, I think I read something about some of the central employees would be, um, yeah, all central staff will be compensated for their work and then released from their employment. Employment, if any funds remain after the winding down and satisfaction of Mars Hill Business Affairs, they will be gifted as seed money to the new independent churches, and then the existing Mars Hill Church will be dissolved. So they're going to, they're saying they're going to collect all the money, pay off all their debt. If there is any money left, they're going to distribute it as seed money to the existing churches or to the to the new independent churches so that's that's their plan um uh get your guys comments on on their plan and then also um you know this has reignited somewhat of a firestorm in in social media and quite honestly from from what i'm seeing there appears to be quite a few people who um uh, on that side that were kind of going after Driscoll and Mars Hill that uh, seemed to think this was a prevailing victory uh, for them. So, One quick clarifying question. The, the core Mars Hill church where he preached from is gone? Like uh, that one's gone too? It, it, it talks about um, that they are going to 
I, I believe I read. It you said the central location. It I didn't seemed know like they were shutting down the central location. Yeah, period. that's what like it seems it's, like. It's done. Which would I, I was think, hoping that was like the office park that all like the media and all that stuff came out of. No, no, that this is the the actual church. The, See that I do hate. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. It, it appears they keep talking about central staff and central church uh, location, and that that well, that's, and that's being so. Like I said, I was I was hoping because I'm thinking, I, I think background stuff. I'm thinking, you know, you've got the resurgence dot com, you've got marshill dot com. I mean, you've got they they probably have all that's so, gone too, though. Yeah. Oh, I, I figured. It, look, I figured a lot of that was, but I'm I, I, when you said central location, what I'm hoping is that they have a. You know, a strip mall where they've got they just renovated no. it for their office space. No, in that one church, is, I hate that. It's like the Hollow Dogma Church. If if it closed down, that's a bummer. Uh, know, you know. All, although the the satellite Hollow Dogma churches would would still remain, but yeah. this, but this place would be gone. So it, that it, makes me sad. It's uh, it's it's unfortunate, uh, just because Seattle, uh, when we hear needs churches, and yeah. you know, and, and I got a. Th- yeah, and I'm kind of a Driscoll apologist. Like, I really don't – I think this has been a witch hunt from the beginning. I'm not saying that he wasn't guilty of being arrogant and mean. But at the same time, like, I don't I don't know what they mean by mean. Because <laughs> um, people think Alistair Begg is mean. And I love Alistair Begg. And they say, he's too, too mean. And when they say mean, they mean direct or forceful. And what they really want is Mr. Rogers to come in and ask him, that, won't you be my neighbor and – you know, it's those same kind of people who really want to neuter Jesus and make him like some kind of hippie. Yeah. Those kind of. And, and so I've always thought this was probably going to end badly. And when he resigned, I, I pretty much figured it was going to fold yeah. uh, because much of it has been built by his personality and the strength of his teaching. Um, is that his fault, though? I don't think it is. But a lot of people, you know, I, so you, you see so many vil- people vilifying him because, well, it was all about him. Well. He has a charismatic personality that people were drawn he is to. Extremely gifted. Um extremely gifted. Mm-hmm. And you just can't find that guy. Yeah. Um and there had some other pastors at Mars Mars Hill who preached and stuff, and I listened to them. You know, they were all right. They're just they were preaching the gospel, but they were like I mean, they were just went It's so tough because he's not the first guy you've seen be a charismatic personality that started off, I don't believe with an agenda, I don't believe with any malintent, but it got bigger than them. And, and, you know, they just didn't put the right accountability in place. They didn't listen to it early enough on and eventually – you know there was there was wrong on their own, and I I'm sure there's things he's done wrong. There's things he said he did wrong. Um, but, but put yourself in this position. So you've got this accountability. Now you've built this stuff because because you're you you've been given gifts by God, and some presumably I don't know these guys less gifted individuals are trying to tell you how things should be. <laughs> when I you're the see, guy who had his hand in the dirt from and day I one, I can see. Why you would scoff at it? Because if these guys were so gifted, why do they just keep running it? You know why they won't do it? Because they can't. Uh, I, let me say this, because I think you raise a, a great question, and let me see if I can give an answer to that. I, I'm I like Driscoll. I think Driscoll is one of the most gifted gospel expositors of our time. Um, you know, Tim Keller did say this, and I, I like Tim Keller too, too. He said the brashness and the arrogance and the rudeness in personal relationships, which he himself has confessed repeatedly, was obvious to many from the earliest days. And he was definitely uh, – he is definitely now disillusioned quite a lot of people. 
yeah, I will say. And I heard that from, from, not to cut you off, but I heard that from, as I cut you off, uh, I heard that from <laughs> Tim Keller. And see, I don't know, what, when people say brash and rude, I don't know what that means. Because there's different, like, I'm pretty direct, and people consider that rude and brash. I'm not necessarily mean. Well, you did just cut Chase off, so I mean. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I'm not saying Tim Keller's a liar, but... What I, I guess things are open to interpretation. Like I want to hear, like what does what does brash look like? What does rude look like? Well, you know, and we've all kind of read about what we've read about from a distance, and yeah. it's almost impossible, honestly, for every investigative reporter, et cetera. It's almost impossible to know precisely what happened in the Mars Hill culture. But I, I want to address the thing you said about the giftings, because it is very possible for a person to be tremendously gifted but not tremendously mature. I agree. And, and I think in a lot of cases, we have pastors and leaders and, and, and people in America that, that are, are in leadership that are enormously gifted, but that are not enormously mature. And, and I, I question, I think, that this issue raises to us. Is is this kind of the death knell? And this is from a guy who's – I like Driscoll. I hope Driscoll comes back into ministry. And I'll say this, and I defy anybody to disagree with it rightly. A humble, gospel-focused Mark Driscoll in the ministry is a win for, for the church. Uh, but is it possible to be – you think, you, Nick, you said uh, it got too big for him. Is it possible to be a solo guy without people in your face pushing you, Colossians 3.16ing you, essentially, warning and admonishing you, daily exhorting you to, to remain steadfast in Jesus, like Colossians uh, 3 says? Is it, is it possible to be a gifted leader and be a solo leader and not have anybody in your circle? Because so many of the big leadership guys I've served under, I've known personally, and, and just you senior pastors. You mean you're not be a solo and, leader? And, yes. And, well, yeah. It, it, so many of the big pastors I've known and the senior pastors I've known have been guys who did not have deep relationships in their church, and therefore their arrogance or whatever was left unchecked. Is it possible to be a godly person in that sin without a close accountability in your fellowship, not outside of it? Yeah, and one of the things I always say is that all pastors are arrogant. There's, I don't say all is strong, but if you're a person who speaks to people on a regular basis and have people listen to you, there's going to be some arrogance there. It lends itself to wow. that. Yes. Yeah. Good call. And and I would put Keller in that, in that, you know. Now, what you do with that arrogance is is the thing. Are you repentant? Are you uh, – Piper talks about a lot of him trying – him struggling with pride. And he talks about that something that, that he has – that he used to struggle with a lot. Well, he stepped down for it. Yeah, and I for mean, a time. Yeah, is. and and but if if you're honest, I mean, I I'm an arrogant guy. Everybody knows me. I'm arrogant. Like I'm I'm gifted in certain ways. I know I'm gifted. You know, I don't think that 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 God gets any glory by me belittling myself. Um, but the the question is how you treat people, and I think that's where he was. You know, went astray. Um, I don't know how isolated he was in his church, and I don't either. Um, but isolation just, is always a a problem if you don't have anybody around you. If you just got a bunch of yes men telling you how great you are, never going against the grain, I guess. 
Well, I want to I want to cover uh, maybe a slightly different angle. We have a couple of voicemails on this, and uh, we've got one from um, again our friend uh, Max Headroom calling in this week from uh, apparently a not underground bunker. Uh, a little bit clearer in, signal. In fairness, this was an MP3 emailed in instead of called into the. Oh, okay. So All right. So uh, let, let's listen to this, and then I've got a couple comments coming off of it. This is Max Headroom, Headroom coming to you live and direct with one man's opinion. I want to comment on the Mark Driscoll resignation. I think there's a lot of people out there who are celebrating Mark Driscoll's resignation for the same reason that they wore more members-only jackets in 1980. They don't know why, but somebody told them it was cool. Has Mark Driscoll done anything wrong? I don't know. Should Mark Driscoll resign? I don't know, but neither does anybody else because both Mars Hill and Acts 29 have been playing it pretty close to the vest and being pretty respectful in the breakup. So here's what I want to say is we have a lot of people, a whole generation, who is wants to be accepted by the world and wants to be cool with the world. So they have marketing campaigns like, do you hate church? We hate church too. Come to our church where we can hate church together. And it's the same thing. You hate Mark Driscoll? Oh, we hate Mark Driscoll because it's cool. And we want to be cool and accepted just like you. Ask somebody who hates Mark Driscoll why they hate him. He's mean? He's mean? Really? 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 Hashtag you brood of vipers. Hashtag whip in the temple. Mean's not a reason. If there's a reason he should have stepped down, great. Let's handle church uh, discipline and have him step down. But just hating Mark Driscoll because it's a cool thing to do is not cool. Not cool. Keep your members only jacket in the closet. This is Mac, 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 Max Headroom with one man's opinion. Opinion. All right. First of all, I just want to say that I actually had a members only jacket. I did too. And it was gray, and I like. And it. I'm, I'm not surprised. Black. I had a black one and a gray one, so okay. I was doubly cool. And, and I would still wear it if I had it. But you guys um, are all old. My wife makes yeah. me throw away my clothes every 15 years. Uh, she <laughs> something about that's, style. But she lets that keep that is, cowboy hat. That stuff is vintage now. A cowboy hat's yep. awesome. Uh, she threw away my uh, what are those? The, 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 apparently, Crocs are not cool for thirty-six-year-olds, and they, she threw those away. They've never been cool for anybody. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> they've been functional for some things. And, never been cool. And she threw my Birkenstocks away because apparently they weren't cool not, not, well, or stank. I, I can't say that on the, on the podcast. But. All right, so here, here's well, that where, was a good fashion call from Max Headroom. Here's where so, I agree. Next, oh wait, no. Here's where I agree. Some other things he said yeah, too. Here's where I agree with. Uh, here's where I disagree with Max. I, I do think there are some guys who were close to the situation who made their their um, their thoughts known, including some of the elders who I respected. And I, I, I made comment before this to me was the most persuasive when when guys like Adam Ramsey and Dustin Kendrew, um, you know, when when they came out and, yeah. and said, look. We, we love Mark. We think he needs to step down for a while, but there is a problem with the culture here. Paul Tripp, uh, who I don't know a lot about, but it appears to be pretty widely ex- uh, widely respected, and he was someone that, Mar- that, that Driscoll signed off on adding to the board of accountability. And, and this is um, Paul Tripp's quote, This is without a doubt the most abusive, coercive ministry culture I have ever been involved with. And this is coming from the Elder's Letter from Mars Hill. Now, this is, my, this is my point. Maybe he needed to step aside. I'm like Emmanuel. I don't know exactly what people mean. I, I, I tend to think he's probably just too direct for some people. 
Uh, that may be why a lot of us like him, because we're direct and, and we get a lot out of his teaching because he's direct. But maybe behind the scenes, he did not have some of those biblical qualifications for being an elder. We really don't know. I agree with Max Hedrum there that so many people outside the situation don't know. I do think some of the Mars Hill people have spoken up. But I agree with him that so many people outside the situation think they know what's best, and they're nowhere near the situation to know what's best. And it has become among people who had a bone to pick with Driscoll for years over complementarian theology or his mm-hmm. adherence to Scripture in certain situations or his directness, and they've been after him for three or four years, and they've piled on this, and they wanted nothing short than nothing short of seeing him destroyed, stepped down, and out of ministry. And they have not approached this in a godly way. God's work, not done God's way, is not God's work. And if you're going to approach someone with, you know, with without looking at Scripture and what it says about if you have an enemy, be good to them. Don't rejoice when your enemy falls. Be kind and compassionate toward one another. Bear with one another. Seek each other's good. Look to restore each other gently. If you're not going to Go if you're not going to deal with those verses and obey them. First Corinthians six that says it would be better for you to suffer injustice than to drag the name of Christ through public contempt by suing or going after a fellow brother or sister in Christ publicly. Those verses and those scriptures have not been obeyed and followed in many quote unquote Christian circles. And that is what angers me the most about this situation is is these people are not treating him like a brother in Christ. They are treating him like a pagan enemy who they're seeking to destroy. And even then, I don't think they're following the biblical call for how you treat an enemy. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. Uh, unchecked arrogance mm. is a tremendous danger to the body of Christ. But on the same token unchecked criticism is also a tremendous danger to the body of Christ. And, and I think I, I've, I, th- I think we've seen so much criticism here. Listen, Paul said the weapons we fight with are, uh, are not carnal. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. And I think there's a lot of people out there, bloggers, uh, writers, etc., who feel like they've brought Mark Driscoll down and they've rejoiced about it, but they've done it with carnal weapons. And I worry about that. I'm not calling into question those people's salvation. I'm saying we're believers, we're followers of Jesus. There, there is a better way than to bring somebody down by criticism. And again, nobody at this table is a, is a Driscoll fanboy. Nobody at this table is a Driscoll hater. But I, I will say, I, I think maybe overall, it's good that he stepped down. Now I am hopeful that there are godly men that are doing Galatians 6 1 with him. If someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. Because well, we're all sinners. And here's what I – we got one more voicemail on this uh, coming from John Lorbacher. Um, and, uh, but I, I, what I would like to see people do is – some of these people, I would like to see them talk about the good that Driscoll has done and the good that's been done through Driscoll. And I have a little bit more respect because some of these elders who left, they were very quick to – to affirm him in ministry and affirm his gifts. When you don't do any of that, when you affirm basically nothing good of someone and it is who is a brother or sister in Christ, and all you're doing is pointing out, like you said, being a critic, 
then I automatically think you're off the rails and, yeah. and not sure why we're listening to, to what you have to say. Well, let me say this definitively, and then I'll shut up for a while. If you're out there and your ministry or your blog or your Twitter is devoted to uncovering deception and lies and problems with leaders in the body of Christ, let me say this. I don't believe God has given anybody a ministry of criticism. And I think you can back that up by the scriptures. And there are people out there who 90 plus percent of their ministry work is pointing out errors in other people. God has not given you a ministry of criticism. God has not done that. That was Coke. That is something you have taken on yourself, and that is not your calling. Amen to that. And, 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 you know, and John, uh, our friend John from the Hall of Dogma Church asked earlier, he said, I want to ask some of the critics. We were talking about this before the show, and he said, I want to ask some of the critics, have you spent as much time sharing the gospel and trying to make disciples of people in your context as you have going after Mark Driscoll? Nope. And, and Chase kind of brought up what I was going to say about, I mean, what if somebody – their main job was blogging about what you do that they didn't like. Uh, wow. Like, what's the guy, Warren? Thormacher. Thor- Throckmorton. Like, what Thor- is his deal? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I won't say that because that's not Christian to say. But, like, really, He's dude? Somebody. Like, it's like his his dream in life is to bring down Driscoll. And then I don't know what he's going to do with his time now. Driscoll's not at Mars Hill. Uh, you know, I... Uh, it's it's a he's going to have a lot of free time on his hands. Well, that kind of work necessary in some ways, but if it's your life, trouble. It's not part of the Great Commission. All right, let's listen to this voicemail from John, and then we'll. Well, no, I'm going to cheat real quick because I get to hit the play button. Okay. Um, the the thing about this is Driscoll good, Driscoll bad, whatever. The article today that thing that makes me sad is there are hundreds, if not thousands, of people that they're. Um, and it's not – it makes me a little sad to be able to say this, but their quote-unquote Christian world, um, uh, their church world is getting turned upside down right now. Yes, and, exactly. And, and so you know, we all want to And no one's get, talking about that. Yeah, we all want to get high and mighty about Driscoll this and left elders that and Throckmorton and, and uh, uh, David Paul David Tripp having an opinion. What we need to do is pray for those thousands of people, hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. If 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 Driscoll was disqualified, disqualify him, get him out of the way. You know, do what you got to do. But but in all of this, in the well, they're better off because he's not there. Well, maybe maybe not because I don't see a lot of churches when when it, something like this. How many happen- great churches are there in Seattle? That yeah, they they're not run? in that church on every street corner. That's area. what I'm saying. A lot Family of us in Alabama. the Bible Belt, you know, from from the Village Church up through the, the Carolinas, where you can walk down the the street and find, you know, what he did, or excuse me, what the Lord used Driscoll to start in that area was unprecedented for the gospel. And let's let's not forget that and let's not forget the people who are some pe- some of them will feel right or wrong. Some of them will sp- feel spiritual spiritually homeless right now. Okay, you're mm. doing okay, we will get John's voicemail. But but you that's a great point. And that was one of the things that I got that I ended up getting into a Twitter discussion with uh, what was that lady's name? Janet Mefford. Janet Mefford yesterday. And I, I apologize, and, Janet, if we're mispronouncing your name. Yeah, and, and some did, of, did it turn into a kerfluffle? I'm that's probably a good. That's probably good. And, and my look, I trolled one of her Twitter comments. It was my own. It was my own doing because God I, has not given you a ministry <laughs> of trolling. trolling people's Twitter Twitter comments, Dave. Someone, but but she was, you know, she was in the midst of all of that, and someone just, you know, made a comment that she had prevailed, and so I just asked the question. 
you know, she responded and said, yes, God is good, or she said, God is good. And I said, I just responded and said, well, is God good because Mars Hill disbanded or because you feel personally vindicated? Uh, yeah, just an innocent question. It was just a question. Just a question. Because, look, there's no – this is the hey, thing. Hey, Nick, you need a second. That's also <laughs> just a question. Christians yeah. are not at war. We're not supposed to be at yeah. war. We're not supposed right. to be seeing – this is not a prevailing victory. And, and there are – like you said – I'm not hearing anyone talk about – people seem to be, in certain segments, seem to be happier that Driscoll has, quote-unquote, lost, lost than, than even concerned with the gospel in Seattle mm-hmm. or, the, or the gospel going out in that part of the, in that part of the world and, and, and new believers and people who were um, seeking out Christ in, in, in those churches and through his ministry. And, and they're doing it. They keep saying, we're doing this in the name of the weak – those who were run under the the Mars Hill bus, using the quote from Driscoll about there are many people under the the Mars Hill bus, which I don't agree with that quote. Oh but he, but in in Christendom, you don't defend people who got ran over by a bus by go getting your own bus and trying to run over other Christians who you perceived as being too abusive. Totally agree. I just got to say this is the best voicemail from John Lordbacher I think of any of the voicemails we've ever had on the show. The one we hadn't listened to yet. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> hey, John. Hey, why, why don't we go ahead and listen to John's voice? <laughs> hey, Red Verbage. This is John from the uh, great state of North okay, Carolina, John Lorbacher. Mm. Uh, you got my name right uh, both times that you've mentioned me on the oh, podcast, so uh, good job with that. Uh, I'll try to make it brief. Um, I am leaving work at about one thirty in the morning, so uh, I'll try not to ramble. But uh, I'm, I just wanted to... Uh, I guess kind of give some of my, my thoughts on the uh, the Pastor Mark thing. Uh, I know that I'm uh, I'm probably a week or so late. Uh, we had a baby in our house, and so uh, so I've been catching up. But uh, you know, I have to respect that he stepped down. Um, but I do have a couple concerns with it. Um, I think one big concern to me um, is in his letter. Um, of resignation. I mean, he really does kind of seem a little uh, like he's not fully repentant of what he did. It's almost like he, he kind of he loosely acknowledges things, but I've, I've not heard him specifically repent for anything. Um, and while I'm not necessarily part of the Mars Hill community, I feel like because he isn't in the spotlight, uh, he does need to, to be a little more forthright with that. Um, that's one concern. The other concern that I have is a sound clip that I heard um, on another podcast from Mars Hill when uh, one of the elders was announcing his resignation on, sun- on a Sunday morning. And it sounded like um, they said that they actually did find some wrongdoings with, uh, with Driscoll and that they were planning to rebuke him and hopefully go through a restorative process. But by him resigning, he effectively canceled that, um, to quote what they said, that he, he canceled that ability to happen. So it, it sounds almost like he, he's avoiding uh, the rebuking from, from his elders, and I find that problematic um, because I feel that he's, he's effectively not submitting to church discipline. And I, I don't know where I stand on that, uh, but I do feel a little uncomfortable with that. I really wish that I had a repentance meter that all all of these Christians <laughs> seem to have. 
that are saying that Mark Driscoll, he's, he's not truly repented. Like, what do you want him to do? Like, grovel? Does he need to, like, like buy some airtime and, like, cry and on TV? Like, what does he need to do? Well, no, because uh, if he cries on TV, people will say it's manufactured and fake. Don't forget that. You're you're right. Uh, so if, if you have one of these repentance meters, I would like one. It'd well, you know, John really, the Baptist market it. John the Baptist. John the Baptist said, uh, "Show fruit in accordance with repentance." So I guess yeah. the repentance meter would be: Are you say you're sorry, but are you doing anything to show you're sorry? Well, are reversing. If that's the case, if you, you don't go doing. to Mars Hill Church or you're not in the leadership, then I, I would. How do you know that he's not sorry? Exactly. Or if you were not one of the the people offended, how do you yeah. know that, that you know? But that, that <laughs> yes, he somehow let's did get Driscoll something. to go around to all the people who say that he offended them. Though, never. Sorry. Well, look, yeah. look. Well, biblical, let's install a biblical, spine in no, no, no. First, I'm talking then, about I'm talking sorry. about people who actually were employed there oh, that claimed that he was abusive to them. I don't care about the people outside Mars Hill. Yeah, I, was I don't care about people that he offended. Listening to his sermon on the internet, <laughs> exactly. you don't go to his church. I'm talking about the people that he was supposedly. Uh, yeah. Now I do. I, by the way, John, thank you for the voicemail and thank you for Absolutely. addressing that to me. And uh, and I will. Um, I, We've got I, our own Driscoll in the making right here. I actually do agree with John. I actually do agree with John. <laughs> I, I didn't like his. I didn't like his resignation letter personally. I, I just thought it, his resignation letter to me. He was trying to be a bit too defensive and I in think that, he, self-defensive. I, and I think he was defensive as well. I think he had a right to be uh, defensive. He's attacked well, on that? all sides. But, and, and I also yeah. think that he knew what, he, he knew what happened to Marsh Hill uh, once he resigned. I think he kind of knew that it would fall apart without him. Um, and, it, I'm, it, and I'm okay with that too. But look, I, I, maybe I'm not a, a great Christian. I watched. Well, we video. had to get our uh, great Christian meter out and see how you measure. Wow, that's wow. true. That is. Somebody got a Bible. I know we all have iPads with them on there, but um, I, <laughs> it's look, amazing. It, it iPad was, is buzzing right now. I did not uh, look. There are things uh, you know, and, and Paul David Tripp, who says he knows Driscoll and kind of knows some, you know, said that that he was defiant in that thirty-minute video that he did. So I'm like Emmanuel. I, I do I think you you video. you look. There there are enough people close to him who are saying, look, there were things that needed to be corrected. And, and I'll say that none of us commented on Mars Hill being disbanded. I, you know, I'll say this. If if there is wrongdoing that is kind of bred in the culture, maybe that's the kind of thing you need to do. Maybe it needs to be decentralized. And But I, I hope those churches thrive. You know, I, I don't Amen. know. I don't know who else you would have brought in and continued doing that kind of ministry you were doing. Who are, who are you going to bring in? No one, and that's why he resigned. And 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 pump into you know video like that. So, well, I think maybe you develop a new culture that that doesn't involve pumping video into to uh, other churches. That's just that's just me. I will say one thing, John uh, raised one issue that John raised that uh, is is you know potentially an issue. If Driscoll stepped down to avoid church discipline. That concerns me, but we don't know his heart. I actually saw some some people writing about just kind of definitively stating that he did that. We don't know that. If he did, that's a problem. 
but it's just it's so hard to say from here. I, I would not want to, but I just I didn't get that sense. But it, if that was an evasion of kind of going through genuine shoulder to shoulder loving accountability from people who will exhort you and love you and restore you to where you need to be, ultimately the best thing that could have happened here is that those guys walk with Driscoll into a place, uh, uh, you know, where he is exactly who God has called him to be and those things that uh, the accusations whether they're founded or not are are not there uh, that would be great cuz i i grieve with you guys that the, the Marshall church is apparently going to be no no more that was a gospel beacon hmm. and that's sad well it's uh as usual we've gotten our mileage out of this topic and uh and we have our opinions on it and uh and i, I you know i need to look People, again, have told me, you know, that they keep bringing up the victims of Driscoll and the church. And, and I, look, it's not that I'm a, it's not that I don't have empathy or sympathy for those people who, who were, you know, if they were hurt in that culture or they were done wrong. But there's a part of me, there's a part of me as a guy who has been wronged in a church culture before, you know, suffered some, some small level of injustice. Mm -hmm. There's, and, and saw God tell me, felt God told me, keep your mouth shut, and mm -hmm. I'll take care of you, and watch God do exactly that. There's a part of me, there's a part of me that just thinks we're enthralled with being a victim. Like, there, there, there's a part of us that we just enjoy that. Jesus was the man, he suffered more injustice than any man ever, and the Bible says, like, a, a sheep before his shears was silent, but we like playing the victim. I'm not saying we don't suffer injustice, but I think there's a part of us that we want people to recognize we've been victimized. And so there's a part of me that thinks we're really not doing these people a justice who, who were hurt at Mars Hill. God can take care of them, and God can restore them. And if they would stop worrying so much about getting the apology and just let God deal with that and let God move them where he wants to move them in ministry. And maybe I'm not sympathetic enough, but that's that's just kind of my take there. That's a good take. And it's it's one of the reasons why I pray. I was like, God, please don't call me to pastor. It's because I don't <laughs> No, really. I, since I, you know, I went to seminary, I was like, that's the last thing I want to do is because I don't think I have the personality for it because people really want a really – they want a, a metrosexual, kind of soft, kind of like really like I won't say feminine. I mean, I'm just, thinking of David right now. I'm just a really soft guy to be the pastor, and that's, David. Uh, it's one of the reasons why men don't dude. go to church. By the way, it's because it's it's Rather really garbage. people are just really sensitive. Christians are sensitive and a whiny bunch, and I am not. I just like to say what I mean and mean what I say. I, I, I hate parsing my words. I'm not cruel, um, but I'm direct. And I just like, you know, God, if you put me in charge of a church, I'd whittle that thing down about three people in a couple of months. Because Would your wife be there with you? She would, because she's gotten used to me. She knows okay. who I am. <laughs> uh, she'll be one of the three people, maybe my mom. <laughs> That's beautiful. And, you know, and... So it's just it's really hard to uh, to be a pastor nowadays. Uh, yeah, and I, I will say, Emmanuel, one of the reasons why I believe in a plurality of elders being mm -hmm. the best for the congregation mm -hmm. is we need truth guys, and we need. I don't. I don't think honestly. Just no offense. I don't think we need soft metrosexuals leading churches. 
Um, that's fine if that's who you are, but we do need kind people and warm oh, yeah. people oh, and yeah. humble people. But we need passionate truth guys that are going to pierce the darkness with and truth. And they can be the same person. Yeah. You can have a kind, warm, straightforward person. Yeah. I think I'm warm. Look, I, I don't. It's warm in here right now. I don't, I don't think. Know. I don't think. I never hugged you or anything. I don't think Driscoll. Well, I don't think now? every. <laughs> y'all do that. I don't think every person who's ever come in contact with Driscoll has walked away saying he was abusive. I mean, yeah. you know. So I don't know. It, we're going to move on. We need to. Uh, we were going to debut a new segment tonight called Hall Monitor, where essentially we. Um, pick out one or two of the main topics from the Hall of Dogma for the week and and do a couple of comments. But uh, we, in true Gospel Friend fashion, have right. run out of time to be, even be able to debut the debut uh, segment. So we're going we're gonna to skip that this week. We want to make a little time to get in some listener feedback. And so uh, maybe we'll be able to, to debut that next week. But continue posting in the Hall because... Um, the conversations there uh, have been great, and uh, and um, uh, a lot of a lot of good interaction and feedback. So um, let's 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 do some let's do some listener feedback. So I, I do have to t- d- throw this out. I, I meant to mention it last week, but our um, good friend at Adhesive Wombat um, sent me a text message. Bean. Called me out. Bean called me out, and he he wanted to know how I felt. Um, Basically lying to our listeners on the front the front end of the podcast by saying broadcasting live, <laughs> and we we don't actually broadcast live. Well, actually, we're live. Chase lies. Chase lies about that every week. This is live right now. I mean, we are live. <laughs> yes, the present. Hello. Um, and so you know, a little bit of a nerd explanation. If you were here, you could be listening to. There us. you go. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we actually have talked about. Um, we you've seen it in the Hall of Dogma a little bit. We're trying to redo the. <clears throat> we'll call it a studio. Just we're for trying practical. to move. Bigger place. Yeah, we're trying to get a different room in the Hall of Dogma Church so we can um, do some live things. But we are all also listening to, um, or looking, excuse me, we're looking into, I was reading listener feedback, um, we're looking into some options to try to do some maybe more live uh, streaming of the show. And also, I think I, we might get this, Jeremiah Martin had mentioned maybe a uh, live Twitter night and some things like that. But we are looking mm, at yeah, some, that sounds fun. Uh, maybe live streaming the show at some point. Uh, there is a lot of editing that goes into the show. So um, logistically, I can't uh, imagine <laughs> logistically. Um, there's some of that, but uh, well, also, at least every other show chase, uh, Takes his shirt off and runs around the the uh, Hall of Dogma with well, no clothes on. We can do audio on. only. How many so times we have I told to edit you guys that? That's audio podcast. That's <laughs> fine. Yeah. If, um, if the show that's posted that it is this published is the edited version, <laughs> I, would, I would hate to see the unedited edition. Uh, but there's also the the logistical <laughs> issue in the Hall of Dogma churches. Our internet sucks, and so um, being able to live stream the show would be problematic. Yeah. But we are definitely trying to. Into some well, we we have we have ideas about different and creative things to do, and we love your ideas about Absolutely. different and creative things to do. But thank you, and, Bean, uh, for reminding us that we are being deceptive. We don't intend to be. It was it was more the the heart behind the classic intro than it was the specific verbiage. Yeah. So. And being a podcast, we we often hear from people during the week listening to episodes, you know, weeks ago, like we heard for this week from episode four and. Oh, really? Et cetera. So I think that's kind of funny. Well, Daniel Lee was a new uh, listener for us this week. Contact us uh, in the Hall of Dogma. He said, hey, guys, love the show. I listen to your podcast as I walk 18 holes of golf every Tuesday morning. Bogies 
are not as bad now. Thank you. <laughs> and he said, y'all need to put some dude. seats Sorry. in the Hall of Dogma, like Rick and Bubba have, which is a, a local radio uh, station, uh, local radio uh, show here in Birmingham. It's a good idea. And call them the choir loft. And so uh, I, I like that. Loft. And that is that is something that we want to do once we get into a, a little bit of a bigger area. We want to do a little bit of live. So uh, where some people, where some people could come in, if you pass our background checks, we make sure you're not crazy. Uh, where you come in, kind of sit in with us. I mean, you need to be some level of crazy, but not, you know, not, 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 not too, crazy, crazy. Not, not crazy, yeah. crazy. If you want to sit in on movie, this, you Probably not normal. <laughs> not normal. No, that would be boring. No, normal would be bad, but yeah. not. We want to go a little uh, abnormal, but not crazy. Exactly. Yes, I have got a you know superhero name for Daniel Lee. Oh, you do. I need to write I do. down. Here it is. Daniel Son? Seven Iron Man. Seven <laughs> Iron Man. Because you know Se- he's a golfer, and okay. why did you pick seven? I don't know. I just Remember thought that sounded kind of cool. Uh, so uh, Christian, uh, yeah, you're trying to go all Christian and biblical, but he's Chase really wasn't. I, I was trying right. to help. Hey, I'm not going to write that down. Daniel, let us know how you feel. my favorite golf club to, to use in the uh, Is that what you fairway. use when you're swatting at intruders in it your is, house? or That, too. It is my favorite club, too. I actually try to get to a seven-iron distance. Yes. It's a good club. Good, solid club. Funky Stickman, uh, one of our uh, one of our regulars, tweeted us, how many listeners do we have? Do you have in Louisiana? No Cajun podcast listeners besides me? Uh, so I guess we were kind of going over the listeners last week. We ain't Louisiana listeners. We Chase? do actually. Uh, Besides Funky uh, Stickman, Louisiana is not in our top ten, but they are close uh, in our top twenty, uh, ahead of Iowa, just behind Wisconsin and Pennsylvania. And oddly enough, we have a lot of listeners in uh, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Indiana, and then Louisiana is right after them. So they are like maybe number sixteen or so. We had someone from Wisconsin join us at the Hall of Dogma Church this morning. We did indeed. Really Isn't that crazy. Yeah. We used have to Mainers live in here, Wisconsiners, uh, New Yorkers. Mainers, Mainers yes. Mainers. People that used to live in Maine. That's what they call themselves. Mainers, Bammers, <laughs> Floridians. Now, I, there's a rumor that there's somebody in your church who's from Vermont. Now, you're going to do this right I now? Have, uh, I've heard that rumor. Now, right now, I don't believe that there's any Christians in Vermont. <laughs> um, I do believe that Bigfoot exists. I'm not sure that, you know... I, so you believe in you believe in big in fairness, fruit, yes. but not Christians in Vermont. In fairness, really? what if people have spotted Christians in Vermont like they spotted? Well, me if you've <laughs> spotted a Christian in Vermont, show me a tweet us a picture. Show me a picture <laughs> along with proof of their salvation. Now Nick, yeah. Nick really? can't actually say anything because and if you have a repentance meter, just want, you know <laughs> in the reading of the repentance meter. Now yes. Nick, Nick is trying to defend Vermont, but the only Christian that Nick knows from Vermont actually left Vermont and moved down Lives here. In Alabama. So, so oh, there's so many jokes. She, tied up. she doesn't count because yeah. she came to here to, to, to God's country and God's, yes, that's right. <laughs> you know, well, and you'd love it because some of her siblings from Vermont actually attend the University of Auburn. So, or excuse me, Auburn University. Thank you for getting that. So, I got it right. Shut up, James McSorley. The school down the road. Yeah. James yeah. McSorley. We got from God and His sovereignty has saw fit. To, oh my! To, so to, now you're going to be a Calvinist for to, what the next 45 seconds to get them out of Vermont. No, next, <laughs> next three seconds, I'm done. No, 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 look, look, look. Emmanuel, Emmanuel is as reformed as they come. He just doesn't want the label. Okay, that's. He'll say, "I don't like reformed guys," I although I, I lean reformed. I do lean reformed, and Armenian. He just doesn't come all the way in. <laughs> <laughs> you can't lean reformed and Armenian. Let's not do this now. We are already over time. We do okay. not have time right. for the classic debate. James McSorley, um, our, our actually, I want to see y'all do Ireland. that on air one time. 
Oh, says, the next time another great podcast this week, guys. Had to skip breakfast after the first topic though, which was the. Uh, <laughs> Which was the, the uh, hopefully this week was better fecal transplant. Why did you have week? to say it? Well, I don't blame him. That was gross. I'm not sure this week's is a whole lot better either. Emmanuel, would you uh, would you get forty dollars a day if you could? Just for David, a- I, pro- David. <laughs> I probably would not. I am not the most regular chap. <laughs> And with like that, a, it's been a good, another a good title there. interesting show. <laughs> Not the most regular chap. <laughs> Episode 23. Brad Melton. <laughs> Brad Melton thanked us for featuring the so mission. we all. Fundraising topic, lots of good insight, sparked more conversation with friends. I can't imagine so we, um, that somebody would get good missions info out of a show that talks about these kind of things so often. You will it's never find a podcast like this. You never so. will. This is a unique one. Okay, at Let There Be Movies uh, wrote us and said, We've established David's southern twang. Now he's against free- Christian freedom of speech. A troubling profile <laughs> is materializing. The liberal redneck might be your new uh, superhero uh, name. There, I guess Dave. that I guess that went back to my uh, defense of the pulpit um, there, and and just my feeling that maybe we should stick your to talking about the Bible of there. The Houston mayor demanding <laughs> sermons def- and blood from Houston pastors. I didn't defend wow. her. I just thought maybe we should just talk about biblical, you know, things. Well, she and did not offer politics. you a position on her staff. <laughs> Captain Cadaver no chimed in this week. You're already headed down against. He said, if, road. "If something happened to Nick, I would nominate Captain Cadaver as his replacement." Wow, uh, thanks, buddy. Is himself. Did we not see you, somebody threatened to kill Nick on the last show? This was in the. Uh, Who was this to kill in the, Nick? This was on the Twitter, and somebody threatened to kill him in the Hall of Dogma. Who? Who's? Why are people threatening to kill Nick? I think Have it you was met you. Me? I didn't threaten to kill Rev verbiage. Well, anyway. Do they know that lot. if they take your spot, they got to do all the editing? And- yeah, right. You, you may not want my t- – <laughs> actually, Jeremiah Martin has already offered to do um, – Well, right. Captain Cadaver server. might could do it. But look, if something – as a matter of fact, this week I, I talked about maybe we would just rename the show David and Friends, and Nick pointed that no one would ever hear it. Um, so we decided we'd make it David, David Nick, and Friends. <laughs> so um, – you know, however, uh, Desiree, Desiree Johnson's He's bringing a little bit of logic. Desiree yeah. Johnson want to know who sounded overly excited about that KFC sandwich from last week. That well, would both have been, of you guys, Nick and, Nick. Nick and uh, yeah, I really wanted the Krispy Kreme donut uh, cheeseburger deal. Speaking I just want to got to find the picture donut. that that your sister in law posted on Facebook. That, that looked like a good. David said I would eat it in a heartbeat, <laughs> which I, I commented would. it may be your last. That, I would, that I was would a good comment. Well. Caretaker man said, ashes on the floor. Y'all need to stop singing fire fall down before someone gets hurt. Hashtag strange fire. Point well <laughs> oh taken. Point well taken. Our, our dear I Australian that part friend. Out, huh? uh, so where are the ashes from? I, y'all said ashes, and I was trying to – was there a fire well, here? Well, one of the no. Hall of Dogma members may have polluted his temple by uh, pipe. Uh, pipe smoking. So I know you like the polluting the temple thing, so I threw that out there for you. I, actually, that sounds uh, gross. I think I have cigars in the car, but I didn't know it. Oh, really? What? We can't smoke them here. We can smoke them outside. Eh, it's cold. Not well. Uh, you know, but, yes, I think someone – I don't know why they spilled the ashes out of the pipe here in the hall. Some of the members of the Gospel Friends were late getting here. And and you were smoking in the hall waiting on us? Uh, outside, maybe. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, so, um, hey, Preston Books. Uh, lots no, of editing. That would be Preston Brooks. Uh, not at books. Rebel underscore Bill 
responded to a, um, a quote you put out this week from Chandler. Uh, Chandler said, if you're a church person and not a Jesus person, my heart hurts for you. It's like being engaged and never getting married. Preston Brooks asked the question, what if you are a Jesus person and not a church person? Touche. Well, isn't that what Chandler said? Isn't that no, what said? Chandler said if you're a church person, not a Jesus person. Oh, he I was see. saying, like, if you go to church but you don't really love Jesus, my heart hurts for you. Preston is asking, what if you like Jesus but you don't like the church? I, do, there's, I don't want to dismiss this too easily. The, the easy answer to that question is that the church is to be the, – the church, the, the ecclesia, the assembly is not a building. It's not a set of rules. It's not a Sunday morning service. It's a people. It's, it's a people redeemed by the blood of Jesus. And the church, essentially, the ecclesia is the body of Christ. You cannot <laughs> be a Jesus person and not like his people. At the same time, you can be a Jesus person and not like a pastor or not like a particular sermon or not like a particular organization or how it does things. I totally get that. But you can't be a Jesus person and not like the people of Jesus. Well, and and I think that's, you know, I you know, you can we were having this discussion beforehand, Emmanuel and I before the podcast talking about some of the maybe church things that Emmanuel or I you know, get on our nerves or something like that. But, you know, it's uh but yes, not liking the body of Christ. And I would say not liking gathering with the body of Christ in some form. I don't see that in the New Testament. I mean, Jesus died for his church and loves loves his church. So. They didn't have contemporary Christian music in the New Testament. Um, <laughs> you and Dan, they sung psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, and they were all awesome probably. Uh, they, yes. didn't, they didn't have to sing, Oh, How He Loves Me 50 Million Times. <laughs> nice. Talk about how jealous God is for them. You um next comment you a little bit <laughs> a, little, a little bitter there. Well, we're gonna we're we're ending out tonight. I think that was all the listener feedback. Thank you for I, all you guys. I just feel bad leaving the Hall of Dogma people out. We've got to make that up to them at some point. Oh, look, there's such a huge part of this. show. No, there was, and there was some great great topics in there this week. We were going to talk about a couple. Uh, um, Tony Vance posted um, several several articles in there this week. A lot of great discussion about Halloween. Jacob Hatcher and, had a great one. Uh, Reformation um, Day, uh, yes. Uh, Jacob Hatcher had a had a. That was actually we were going to talk about Jacobs tonight, and I was also going to bring up the uh, Kirk Cameron video. Um, but if you um, are against Christmas, you should be against um, uh, Chinese. Uh, Chinese food, which was just a it was a great uh, great video from Kirk. I know uh, it kind of made Chase and Nick mad because they hate Kirk Cameron. That is a lie. I like Kirk Cameron, and I like I Ray Comfort. Kirk. You what? Nick? I do not hate Kirk Cameron. Oh, okay. You just I, wish you would I stop like talking. him. You know, Nick doesn't like listening. Nick to him, doesn't but like, I like him Christians overall. talking about their faith. I'm just a little puzzled by some <laughs> certain elements of that Christmas. Movie. Yes, the Driscoll fanboy of the group doesn't like people being outspoken. That's that makes sense. Uh, so yeah, a lot of great uh, comments there. A good article from Tony Vance about a um, evangelical ethicist, David Gushy, who uh, came out pro. Uh, LGBT, and who also happened to be a Facebook friend of mine. Oddly enough, oh really? Yes, I just noticed that this week. How Dude, you that? have like fourteen thousand Facebook friends. Well, not that many, but I don't know how it happened. So. As, but as as we get out here tonight, we're going to uh, just guys. Uh, I came across an article this week: the most embarrassing fast food fails, 
And uh, oh, just boy. wonder if you guys remember any of the some of the best, uh, maybe best or not best um, fast food uh, ideas. Um, one was the McDonald's Arch Deluxe, which was back in 96 going to be their huge new burger. They spent more money on this campaign than any burger in their history, um, and um, it did not last, but just... Uh, well, what was it? Uh, the Arch Deluxe was uh, basically a quarter pounder on this um, kind of uh, fancy bun. With a circular bacon, which I don't even know how you do circular bacon. Are you chuckling at fancy bun? I got Have you. Have you ever oh, seen wait. how they do chicken nuggets? Uh, isn't that like some kind of pink jelly stuff? Yeah. All right. So anyway, it, it didn't Looks last. pretty good. It didn't last very long, I mean, though. You know, for McDonald's burger. It was uh, Spanish onions, mustard mayo sauce. They spent more than $150 million to market, and it flopped like no one's business. But they got it right on the McRib, so all is forgiven. I love wow. the McRib. Chase, appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for coming tonight. Chase well, is out. Take care of my family. Love you guys. Uh, this is the question I have. Did, did any of you guys ever eat at the Wendy's Super Bar? Did I you ever know. eat there? Yes. All right. The Wendy's Super Bar was it, one of the greatest. It was awesome. Yes. So it was basically a salad bar. Weird. Mexican bar, pasta bar, bake, bake potatoes were baked potatoes there. were there, and, and it was it was like two ninety nine, and apparently oh no wonder they, no, it was awesome. We used to eat there all the time. Apparently, it went it went under horrible idea because it was so successful. They they basically lost money on it, and all of their um, all of their um, uh, servers were trying to run the drive through and keep the bar. Um, stocked and they couldn't uh, do it. When I was in school, um, <coughs> bus drivers used to eat free, and I played basketball. And so, obviously, our coach was the, also the bus driver, and so he would always go to Wendy's because he could eat free there. But we would, you know, got a basketball team. We would just destroy that Super no Bowl. Hope. It was awesome. You could even do tacos on that thing. I think. Uh, look, that that was fantastic. Another idea that uh, apparently was a big fast food fail was uh, Burger King uh, marketing table service. What? Where they, what? Yeah, so they would actually – you would just go in, sit I down, that. and uh, you could have it your way, and they would come, I guess, take your order – and then like do like kind of a, a fancy restaurant. Yeah. It's not quite that you had one job, but it's almost that bad. Like your fast food you had one job. Does anybody remember when McDonald's tried to sell chicken wings? Oh it, yeah. Yeah, they were too expensive. They were almost a dollar per wing. What? And yes. They, and do you know they still have those wings? Like they they have s- uh, such a big stockpile of them that they're really no really they're trying no, to get they're still trying to get rid of. He's them. actually right. Spicy, crunchy, and generally well reviewed. The chain bought fifty million pounds of wings with with plans to leave them on the menu until supplies ran out. But it didn't go as planned because sales quickly petered out, and McDonald's was left with ten million pounds of Good. unsold wings. Ten million. Ten million pounds of wings, which I guess are just in a freezer somewhere waiting for someone to buy them. Mm-hmm. Do any of you guys... Uh, record, the Arch Deluxe does not look that bad. I finally got the article pulled right, up. Do y'all have a favorite fast food item that people used to sell and they don't anymore that you can think of? I have one. Actually, it was a fast food chain that went out of business that I loved. I'm not, I don't. I, I like the Arby's, the King's Hawaiian. It was more recent, but I hate they took that thing away. I don't have any. Okay, there was a there was a fast food place called Hot Now. I loved Hot Now. And Hot Now, when I was, was when I was getting ready to graduate high school, this was uh, mid 
mid nineties, um, right into college, oh, man. and uh, and you could eat. You could eat it hot like, now. Like two bucks. You could eat for like like two dollars, and you could get you know eighteen burgers and a bunch of fries and stuff. Nice. The burgers were twenty nine cents or something like that. Me and what? My, and the cheeseburgers were like thirty nine cents. Oh, that's ridiculous. And me and my friends used to we used to trek miles miles to go get. Were they hot over now. in Irondale? They were. They were yeah, a lot there of was a place in Irondale. I was owned by Taco Bell. Yes. Oh, that explains that. And right. then they went out of business because. I don't actually know why they went out of business. I, I don't. I just they just disappeared, and I they was were sad. serving horse meat. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, which I really don't care about. If it's twenty nine cents a burger. I'm down. You Where know? did they, they were selling put, horse meat? Yeah, put Mister Ed on that bun. <laughs> twenty nine cents. <laughs> and title option number two. Uh, all right, uh, I did not know that, but thank you for uh, maybe they, I'm not. They were they were. It was not all horse meat, but there were traces of horse meat mixed in. Okay, with the you know meat. what? If you're going through Burger King or McDonald's and you put think Mr. what Ed you're eating is a hundred percent. USDA grade. Oh, look, I made the McNugget joke a minute ago. I mean, come on. So, uh, you know, bring back hot now. We're okay with eating horses. That place was. We've evolved as a culture. We're ready. (laughs) We've evolved as a culture. Bring back the 29 cent burger. David Uh, has five kids. I have five children. (laughs) I need to feed them. Hey, I'm cheaply. I'm, I'm skimming through this, and the the Oreo dessert pizza does not look that bad from Domino's. No, it actually looked really good. and no. so did the Presario or the Pizzario, which was apparently a very old pizza from uh, Pizza Hut, which was just uh, took too long to make. So huh. uh, I, I hate when a fast food place puts on an item oh, too and crust. takes it off. Oh, that looks like it. Right good. now, Wendy's is promoting a big uh, barbecue pork sandwich, and that's a little weird to me that you would get barbecue at Wendy's. Yeah. I just don't know about that. I lost Stick love to for, what you know. I lost love for Wendy's when they when they went up on the Junior Bacon Cheeseburger from 99 cents to like 149 and then they made it smaller. I was like, you're dead to me. Too much for the general. Yeah, I'm, I'm cheap, man. I'm, All right. Speaking of the general, we appreciate you joining us. Absolutely. Thanks tonight. for inviting me. and uh, We will do it again soon. I apologize for the listeners that you've lost. <laughs> That's uh, all right. I, I, hopefully you will replace them with a... I, God is good. I think we, um, we, we get a couple for every one we lose, so... Guess we'll be all right. Not that we care. I mean, don't care. We do care. We don't do. We, we, we do. Not care, that we don't do. We? Don't care. What? No. Not that we don't care because we do. Yes. Right. But not that we do care that we. Do. We're any, the Calvinists. Is there I mean, any, you just think it was going to happen anyway. Is so. there any chance that yeah. you could uh, race this last fifteen seconds? Fifteen minutes? Yeah. No problem. <laughs> all right. Appreciate you joining us for, for episode twenty-three. Have a great week. Grace and peace to you. May the force be with you. Always. Always.